Hi everybody, I'm Tash. And I'm Damo. And we are so excited to bring you this week's episode of The, the Barry, Barry Chronicles. Chronicles. Hey Damo. Hey how Tash. Doing? How good is this? Yeah, I know, I'm loving it. Loving it. Loving it. Loving you. La la la. That was from The Wedding Singer, wasn't it? Yes. Mm. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> you did. This week, I thought we might backtrack a little bit mm-hmm. to pre-surgery, but not necessarily our own, just preparing for surgery and talking about what that looks like for the majority of people. Yep. So just a general sort of chat. Yeah, I think that that's... An excellent place to start. Yes. Because we're in a new year, a new season of the Barry Chronicles. And we've got lots of new listeners and members. And We do. So, Thank you so much for your support, everybody. Yeah. It really does mean so, so much to us. And we're really excited to be able to do this little series. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah. So. Pre-surgery preparation for weight loss surgery. That is a mouthful. That is. But I said it. Pre-surgery preparation. Um, When I think of that, I'm thinking, what do I have to buy? Uh, What do I have to do? All that sort of thing. Yeah. And I know I went overboard and I had a whole heap of stuff that we ended up throwing out. So I wanted to just sort of talk about that because I hate seeing people you know they're they're putting so much money into changing their lives Mm. and then suddenly you're left with could be hundreds of dollars worth of products that you don't use they end up expiring and you just have to throw them out yeah um for me I'd bought over a hundred up and goes and um yeah it was just ridiculous I ended up throwing out probably 80 of them which you know was Bit devastating. Yeah. So, um, was there anything that you did, Tash, that you did look back and go, "Oh my God, why did I?" Um, I think, I think for me, I felt really overwhelmed by the whole prospect of it, and yeah. the cost factor was huge for me. So, um, if we just went back even just a little bit further than that. For me, I was I was a bit confused about how to do it. Like, how do I do this? Yeah. I know that I need to do this. How do I now do this? And I jumped onto uh, Bariatric Support Australia on Facebook. I sort of read as much as I could to find out what do I do? What do I actually do to have weight loss surgery? I didn't even know really that I had to get a referral um, from my GP and then be referred on to a surgeon. So I was like total newbie, uh, because things were a little bit different back, like in the dark ages yeah, when I had my lap band. So it was different. Uh, and yeah. that all happened as a result of an accident. So it was just all a little bit different anyway. Um, so I went to my GP after a really, really, really distressing night. Actually, I was, um, walking across the stage in my graduation gown that did not fit. And I went, oh, my God, 
um, I don't ever want to be in this position ever again. I don't ever want to feel like this ever again. So came home. I knew that I would need health insurance. Um, so I came home, we upped our health insurance and then I waited for about six months and I did my research during that time. And then I went, got my, um, referral from my GP to go and see the surgeon that I'd researched. Yep. And made my appointment and he, he had about a six month wait. So that kind of worked out well. Um, after I made the appointment with him, uh, we then obviously had a wait again until the health insurance kicked in. So I saw him and then it was five months later that I ended up actually having my surgery. Wow. And for me, the process sort of from when I booked until I, when I had the surgery, I basically went on an eating frenzy. Um, and I, I don't know, I was food, fu- um, funeraling. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was doing, uh, all sorts of crazy, really, really crazy things. And I like ate hard for, for those five months. Um, well, four months. So about a month prior, I'd been, t- I'd been told that I would need to go on OptiFast. So I, I went on OptiFast and Ooh. that, I know. Still makes me sure. That was really like the shake then, um, cause we're talking six years ago. So there are quite a few other options now, but basically OptiFast was the thing to, to have. So I had that. I didn't really, <laughs> I was probably strange, I think, because I kind of was deer in the headlights. Like I bought my OptiFast. That was really expensive to buy a month's worth of OptiFast. And then I kind of figured I'm going to be having pretty small amounts. So hopefully I won't need a whole lot, but I had no idea. I really had absolutely no idea. I knew that I would be on clear fluids and then on fluids and then puree. So I did make a whole, (laughs) (laughs) I can't help but laugh just thinking about it. I made so much soup and so much stew that we literally ended up with it still in the freezer. Wow. Like, I think I found the last of it about two years after my surgery. So I definitely went completely overboard. I don't know what I thought I was doing. But anyway, I was being prepared in that regard. Like once I was going to be able to eat again, I was eating. But I had no idea what I was going to do for those yeah. first two weeks. Gosh. Yeah, I guess if I, if I go back to when I first started looking at having it, um, there wasn't a real lot of surgeons that were doing it. No, well, there's we're certainly like long. Yeah, you know, it's a time ago, Dame. And I couldn't even research a surgeon. Yeah. So I went to my GP, and I just had to trust his his opinion. I knew that there was one surgeon that I didn't want to go to, um, and I made that abundantly clear from the outset. Um, 
but yeah, I really just had to go along with with my GP's recommendations. So I sort of think, you know, I look I look back now, and it's amazing how fortunate we are that that we've got groups like Bariatric Support Australia where we can type in the question, "Hey, you know, has anyone?" Yeah, and see see how many other people have actually use that particular surgeon or you know yeah. been in that particular hospital or whatever yeah because that's all things that we have to take into consideration the hospital uh for for me at that time kim didn't drive uh so i didn't want to be in a hospital that was far away uh because she would have struggled to be able to get there yeah so i found a a private hospital that was very close to where we were living and thankfully the surgeon that my GP had recommended he practiced uh, at that hospital so ended up only being like five minutes from home which was fantastic uh, but they're all little things that were stressing me mm. at the time because you know it was important Kim wanted to be there for me and that was important for hers and I wanted her part of that uh, that journey yeah and you know so it was great that we were able to make that happen the the other thing that I see is so different now is the um the medical assessments that people get sent for mm. when again when I had mine 10 years ago all I had to have was the blood test the week before that was it they gave you a nod and a wink nod and a wink off you go you're right, Damo. There's your blood test. And, you know, so there was no endoscopy. There was nothing like that. And I know some surgeons still don't do that. And that's completely yeah. up to the, the individual surgeons. But I, I think now there's there's so many options for people that might have other health considerations when they're having mm. weight loss surgery that it's great that there are surgeons that will check out everything so that we can make the best informed decision. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. And you did, you had to do OptiFast? Yeah, I had to do OptiFast because that was, I think there was OptiSlim at the time and there might have been a couple of others, but OptiFast was certainly the the recommended. The gold the gold standard. standard. Gosh, I hate that. I do too. The gold standard. Like what the fuck is a gold standard? You know, you get a sticker, like, Woo-hoo! it's like we're in grade three again. I got a sticker <laughs> on my homework. But honestly, all that, um, all it means is that it's the recommended must choke it down VLCD. Yeah. <laughs> because, and, because they're all VLCD. And that's the thing with the, with VLCD, with the pre-op shakes. It is there to sort of shrink our liver, detox our liver a bit um, and make surgery safer. I see a lot of people, they, they're worrying, and I was worried that I wouldn't lose anything on pre-op and then the surgery would be cancelled. Mm. I actually said that to my surgeon. And he said, no, the shakes aren't there to make you lose weight. That's what we're doing surgery for. Mm. He said, it's just to reduce your liver size, make surgery a little bit safer. He said, but... He said, honestly, I'll do it regardless. Mm. He said, because it's all keyhole. You know, he said, it's not like we're actually lifting your liver up anymore. Mm. So that would be a very 
rare thing for that to actually have to happen. So, cool. Um, but I wish now that I had have had that uh, uh, gastroscope endoscopy done because, mm. uh, you know, I do have a hiatus hernia. Um, and they might have been able to work out that a bypass would have been better um, when they saw. And they might not have. And they that. might not have, you know. And it's so hard, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. You know, the, this is one thing, though, that I'm glad I had the private health cover for, you know, because when I had it, using your super for it really wasn't a thing. Yeah. And I look back now and with the issues that I did have and happening to have balloon dilations and and all these other procedures after it, if I hadn't have had that private health cover, then it would have been a lot longer wait to have the, the dilation that I yeah. needed. And, you know, I, I just think all the issues that came after it would have been so much harder to deal with without yeah. having private health cover. Yeah. So that's that's my... That's your take on it. My yeah. take on it. Yeah. You know, other people, are, it's fantastic. They're able to just pay with their super, yeah, and I think that's super. that's brilliant. You know, it's a great option. But it's also an option that we have to consider because it can put us into other tax brackets and all that sort of stuff. And I hate seeing people... Um, get a nasty surprise and and then it's causing them even more stress yeah. and to struggle uh, because yeah. of the ATO war. So definitely go and have, if, if you're planning to use your super, make sure that you see your accountant or your licensed financial planner. Don't take your advice from the internet about that at all. It's just far too important. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that. That's a very good, very good piece of advice there. So the one thing that re I, I thought would have happened was a psychology appointment. Yeah. Um, beforehand, and I was, I was worried about that because I always thought it was just a tick and flick. You know, yes, we're approving you for surgery. You know, I think I'd watched too many American. Uh, shows and yeah. you know there's one show and I won't mention it but most people have seen it and you know you have to lose however many kilos before before they'll approve you for surgery and I thought that's what it was going to be like mm. because I had nothing to compare it to and yeah. even that was a bit scary because I'd done shakes before but I hadn't really lost anything and I'm there thinking well if I have to go and lose you know 25 kilos in the next month and doing shakes, well, I'm not going to get approved either. Mm. So I think we can do ourselves a bit of an injustice by working up these scenarios before they've even happened. And I know that still happens with if a, a surgeon wants us to see a psychologist. Um, it's really stressful because we think, oh, they're just going to say no i'm not suitable for surgery but it's not that at all and we're going to be um actually talking to a psychologist aren't we tash yeah a couple of psychologists actually so 
that's really exciting. We can actually hear their take on those pre-surgery appointments and mm. and we'll hear the truth about it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I, I didn't have to see a, a psych before my surgery. Um, I was already seeing a psychologist anyway because of, you know, just trauma and things that had happened in my life. But the need for that became much more evident after the surgery. So, uh, yeah, that's it's definitely something to add to your list of things to explore is the mental health aspect of it, um, the reasons why, like why have I, why have I ended up in this position where I'm considering surgery? And for me, it wasn't just that I, I liked to eat a lot of food. It was that I was very driven. I mean, I like to eat a lot of food, but I was very, very driven mm. um, and not in a good way. There was a lot of trauma and things there. So as those things were dealt with um, post-weight loss surgery, things became a lot, a lot better and the relationship with food changed a lot as well. So there's, there's so many things that we can do, I believe, in that pre-op phase to set ourselves up really well. We can start to think about accessing that creates some new strategies and things like that for our you know, new life that we're about to embark on. Uh, we can also start with our dietitian. Um, I think that that's such an important step as well. It really, really can lay such a great foundation. Uh, one of the things I think that I definitely did expect was that surgery was going to be the silver bullet and I was suddenly when I had the surgery they were going to imbue me with power that I would just suddenly understand moderation and I was going to suddenly comprehend what it was to make up a week's worth of healthy meals for myself and that didn't happen yep. at all like not at all and I was just left with well, my coping strategy prior to surgery, surgery was broken anyway, but I was just left with uh, a tiny little stomach and well, a tiny little pouch, yeah. a lot less intestine and um, some regrets for quite a while. So yeah. it took learning, um, learning about food. It took the psychological help and, of course, the surgery. And then it took time. Yeah. A lot of a lot of time. Yeah. I think one of the things that I see a lot on BSA is people are struggling at the six week mark. Oh yeah. And usually it's it's that point just before we are able to actually have normal food again without it being soft or pureed mm. or whatever. And I've been thinking about my own situation a lot because I want to be able to share my story to help people avoid some of the issues that I had and I think one of the things that I would do now is I would have a couple of psych uh, psychology appointments pre-op 
Yeah. But then I would also make sure I've got some booked for like maybe three weeks mm. and six weeks. Oh, I completely agree with you, Damo. That way totally. you 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 know you've got that appointment coming up when it's a high chance that you're going to be struggling the most. Mm. And I know none of us want to think that, you know, we're going to struggle. I'm going to breeze straight through it. And, you know, I love it when I hear those stories. Oh, I love the stories where people say, you know, it was great from day one and I haven't had any problems and I'm losing weight. And, yeah. but, you know, we're not Ooh. all unicorns. Like, I, I love yeah. unicorns. Oh, me too. I love it. I, I get so excited and so happy when when people are talking with me and they're like, you know, I've just really, like, I've really breezed through and I love that so much. And I kind of expected that I was going to just breeze through yep. and I didn't. And it was actually at the three-week mark well, probably two and a half weeks, but by the three-week mark, I was in a terrible place emotionally. Now, look, don't don't expect it. Don't be going, oh, my God, Hash and Damo said, you know, no. But just, just being aware that so much happens in those first couple of weeks. Yeah. And it's really, it can be so powerful and so helpful to unpack those things with someone that's not your family, yep. someone that you're not related to, someone that's not on the internet or whatever, um, just somebody that understands how to help you by giving you some strategies for how you're feeling in that particular moment. Yeah, yeah. Because that is so, I wish I'd done that. So important. And... I mean, I, I, I look at it and think, well, if you've got the appointments booked and you don't need them, then you can cancel it, you know, 24 hours or 48 hours, whatever the mm. terms are before. And But I still think it's good to turn up to them mm. because we may have not yet realised that we are actually in turmoil. And, you know, oh, yeah, I'm just feeling a bit down and shit. And things can change so quickly from just, you know, being a bit tired to, I know for me, I, I was putting on a, a mask that, yeah, everything's fine and I'm great. I'm all right with the fact that I can't eat any of this food that Kim's cooking. But then when she turned around and said, you haven't eaten anything I'll cook for you, suddenly I'm bawling my eyes out telling her that I wanted to... Um, yeah, and I needed some someone to talk to that wasn't him because I didn't want to put that pressure on her. And I also didn't want to talk to you, Tash, because yeah. I always thought, you know, maybe Tash will consider having weight loss surgery, so I didn't want you knowing that all the turmoil that I was going through, which I knew would have put you off even further. And and you know what? Let's be like, let's be completely honest here. Damo has never really said the fact that when he told me he was going to have weight loss surgery, I just cried. Yeah. Because I'd had such a traumatic lap band experience myself. I was terrified. And I said to him, I think it's such a bad idea. Yeah. So I was not immediately supportive I was frightened for him genuinely frightened and of course 
you know, I apologized for that. I told him that, you know, that I love him and I'll support him, whatever the de- the decisions are that he makes. But he also knew that that I'd been like really, really frightened for him. And as he said, he didn't want to turn me off because I he knew I was getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger with every year that was passing since I'd had my lap band. And so everything went radio silent. Uh, I mean, I was living in Victoria and Damo was in Queensland at that time. So we weren't in the same state, but we used to talk fairly regularly, but he just stopped calling. And I had much younger, like I had young kids, five kids at home and I was really, really busy. And, you know, weeks went by and then I was like, wow, okay, I haven't heard from him. This seems odd. I wonder if he's okay. And no, no, he wasn't okay. He wasn't okay at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was, it was hard for me to even admit it because I felt I was I was in a shame spiral because I was having a hard time mm. because we'd spent all this money. Kim had taken out a personal loan to make it happen. And, you know, here I am, miserable, thinking, wow, I'm the most selfish son of a bitch in the world mm-hmm. because I'm wishing I hadn't had it done. And, you know, my wife's gone into debt for me. You know, we've spent every cent that we had to be able to do it. And, you know, we had a three-year-old daughter who, you know, every parent wants to be able to support their child and and all that. And I'd just taken, you know, $5,000 sort of away from her and my wife and spent it on myself. And here I am lamenting the fact. And... Yeah, so I didn't really want to verbalise anything. And especially with Tash, with everything that you'd been through, it was it was just uh, I knew one day that you were going to need it and I didn't want to be the cause of you not having it. So I just shut my mouth. I mean, look, if if anything was going to be the cause and the thing that was the cause of me not having weight loss surgery for so long was 100% my lap band experience and what happened afterwards. Yeah. And the trauma that was associated with that. But knowing that you had had a hard time, it did make me choose a different surgery Mm. than than what Damo had. Yeah. So I I went with bypass because it had been around longer. And I wanted, I figured, well, there's more research on it, so I'll just stick with that one. Yeah. I mean, the, at that point, the well, the bypass has been around since, like, the 1950s. Yeah, it's been around. Um, at that time, the sleeve, it had been around for about 15 years or so, but only as a pre-surgery to having the bypass. So, you know, the sleeve really didn't have a whole lot of research. Yeah. Um. And and that's the thing. Uh, I think often we can we can go to a surgeon and we want them to make the decision for us of what surgery is going to be best. But we also need to have a say in it. 
Yeah, we do. Because we're the ones that have to live with it. The surgeon does it and mm. they're fantastic at what they do. Yep, they're brilliant. But they go home at night and they're not living with, with the choice. The choice that we make. Mm. That's right. That's exactly right. And I was very aware of that. Having been through the lap band process, I was very aware that I had to feel 100% confident, comfortable and sure that I was making the right choice for me and it, that it was something that I could live with, um, that if things were to go askew, that I had made this choice for myself. Yeah. And I knew as best I could the possible complications and the long, long-term ramifications you know, of the, of the procedure. Yeah. So research for me also wasn't just, and I don't really consider research at all to be um, joining Facebook groups or things like that. I consider research to be reading medical journals and, and things of that nature, getting, getting data um, from sources that understand how to collect the data um, the Monash University does a great Australian study. They've started a portal where patients can sort of report on their journey. And yeah. so for anyone who hasn't had weight loss surgery, a fantastic study to be part of uh, so that they can get some long-term data on, yeah. on how patients go after surgery. Yeah, 100%. But it's... It can be um, daunting and overwhelming. So, of course, we need to always temper all of those kinds of things with the advice of a trusted GP, a trusted surgeon, uh, and they can, they can help to guide us, but we need to really make that informed choice. And you know what? I can honestly say that even though there have, and there have been days when I have regretted the fact that I had weight loss surgery. It's only ever been a day. It's, yep. ne- it's not at all been, oh, my God, I made the worst decision, which is how it was for me with the lap band. I, even though it's been far from smooth with, with my bypass, I still maintain that it is the best thing that I have ever done for my long-term health yep. was having, having weight loss surgery. Yeah. And I totally agree, um, you know, even though I still have some issues mm. due to the sleeve, um, especially around reflux, I wouldn't go back yeah. because, you know, my type 2 diabetes is under control and, you know, I'm still here because of my weight loss. 